It was February 11th of 1854, and Captain Redbird and his new wife boarded the 250-ton Orline St. John. For the next few hours, he and his fellow crewmen will be starting their long voyage to Barbados. For the first few days, the ship sailed over somewhat ordinary seas. But on the morning of February 20th, the wind began to blow hard. By midday, a howling windstorm blew against the ship's starboard beam. The following day, out of nowhere, the wind became a howling mess, causing the vessel to creak and grind under the strain of the windstorm. Then, as the wind shifted, she turned the other way until she was almost lying on her port beam ends. As the boat righted herself, the main brace snapped under the stream, bringing down the mass of cells and rigging with it. The fierce winds had doomed the Orline St. John. She lay dead in the water as her helm was unresponsive. The only hope now was to drop both anchors and pray that they would hold the ship off the leeward shore. The anchors bit into the ocean bottom and brought the vessel to a halt. For a short time, the anchors held. But the force of the wind and sea was too much for the bark, and together they dragged the ship until the anchors broke loose, letting her wallow in the heavy sea. That night, the situation worsened as the seas became heavier, sweeping over the foundering vessel, almost completely filling the cabin and drowning a seaman named Martin. Every wave swept all the way over her decks, the temperature of the seawater had fallen below freezing, and each breaker added to the sheet of ice steadily forming on the portions of the ship still above the water. That night the wind shifted and the temperature dipped even lower. Meanwhile, the captain's wife, Hannah, became trapped in the cabin. Together, the captain and several crewmen managed to pull the frightened wife through a small window. They carried her out onto the deck. The captain ordered his crew for his wife to be tied down and then to tie themselves to whatever they can, to take refuge in whatever they can find and tie themselves tight. Up the slippery mast, all seven of them climbed. They lashed themselves with rope as securely as their numb fingers would allow, and waited for their fate. By the following afternoon on February 22nd, Hannah died in her husband's arms. He and several crewmen lowered her body into the sea. That same night, the second mate, who had been drinking seawater, became delirious. As he tried to enter the cabin to get some fresh water, the captain shouted for him to tie himself down, 
and just as words came out of the captain's mouth, a huge wave engulfed the ship and the seamen disappeared. The cold and wet were more than some could bear, and the following day, Seaman Douglas died in the rigging from exposure. Helpless to save him and intent on saving themselves, the captain and the remainder of his crew left his body to hang there. For a full week, the captain, the first mate, and several seamen without access to food or water and suffering from cold and exposure, remained in the ringing of the now sinking ship. At last, their instinct for survival overpowered them and they began to feed on the body of Douglas. As the days wore on, the now nearly frozen men saw several vessels pass by, but the fierce and heavy seas immediately drove them off. On March 1st, eight days after they lost their cell, the Saxon veil appeared on the horizon. Seeing the state of the wrecked ship, the captain of the Saxonville ordered his men to set a course straight for her and rescued the stranded sailors. Upon arrival in the Boston Harbor, the Saxonville captain summoned a doctor. He amputated both feet of Thomas Grant, one of the survivors of the wrecked ship who had suffered from severe frostbite and gangrene from being continually in salt water. While others suffered from similar maladies, none seemed to experience any ill effects from eating the flesh of their dead shipmate, Douglas. I don't know enough lyrics for me to do it. <laughs> so, welcome everybody to another episode of the Weird History Eerie Tales podcast. I am your host, Moses Soria. With me to my left is my brother Josh. <laughs> What's good, baby? What's good? Sitting to my right is Archie. <laughs> What's good, baby? And What's today, good, baby? and What's today, good, we're finally gonna get to a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for so fucking long. You want to talk about booty, bro? Oh, booty. oh. we're talking about booty. This pirate booty. booty. If you guys haven't noticed, oh. this episode is going to be about all <laughs> things. Disappointed. Pirates. That, that's, I'm the voice of the, of the listeners. I'm pretty sure they're, they're all like, oh, fuck. That's, that's going to be for our Patreon. It's going to be for our Patreon. You'll be so, slagging some booty, Josh. So before we get started, Patreon. right? So before we get started on our episode, we thought it'd be a good idea to go online and find a name generator for us to go Get some fucking pirate names. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, this is gonna be right? interesting, I, and that's how we're gonna refer to each other. So everyone's gonna, everyone has to write their shit down. Oh shit! The website is called name namegeneratorfund.com slash pirate. 
You just found out oh, right so they have just right now. Hey, just, they have other right options meow. too? Right meow. You yeah, you can, get, you can get your roller derby, your space mutiny, your wrestler, and your gangster name. Right now, we got pirate. Wait, Actually, wait, wait, what was the are, first two you I'm just said? Roller derby, Nick. Your roller derby one. What the fuck is that? That's a thing. Roller derby? Space mutiny. That's the one I'm stuck on. The <laughs> fuck? Space mutiny. Look, that's a different episode. <laughs> a different episode, all right? Hey, that might be an episode. All right, so first up is me. And my pirate name is Patrick Devil's Grin Veal. The shame of Phantom Gulf. Patrick be known for running off with the treasure behind the rest of the crew's back. <laughs> Hell no! That's fucking you! Ooh. That is you. That is me. So from here on out, Patrick, the backstabber. Okay. Alright, so, thanks to the name generator, I am your host, Patrick Devil's Grin Veal. Sitting directly to my left is... <laughs> Jack Commodore Chops Parched. <laughs> sitting directly to my right is... I'm Sydney some shit. Sydney... Dubloon Devil Man Hire. You have a ridiculous name. I don't like that name. But I'm going to call you Sydney for the rest of the episode. You guys can call me Devil's Grin. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking calls from Commodore Chops. Or just Chops, bro. Uh, chops? The homie Chops? That's the homie I like chops. that. I like that, actually. The homie right. Chops. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. That was the, the dog from Grand Theft Auto 5. Was it? <laughs> I'm almost positive. But chops. since we... And hopefully, our listeners now have pirate names. I wanted to play a little game with you guys. Oh, oh no. Fell. I wanted to play a true or false game. So before we get into all this piracy, all this piracy nonsense that we're going to go talk about. Piracy? Pirates, piracy. All this pirates nonsense. In some bootleg movies? I want to know how much you guys know about pirates in general. So I'm going to give you guys about a bunch of true or false questions, and you just have to answer true or false. Oh, I'm going to whoop that ass. Okay. What those chops. So a little true or false game about pirate legends and myths. So I'm going to state a famous pirate myth. And you guys have to decide whether it's true or false. Okay. Let's do this. So quest, myth or pirate legend. Question number one. Is it true or false? Pirates buried their treasure. True or false? False. True. If you said false, you are correct. Why the fuck do you want to bury your money? So, while some pirates did bury their shit, burying treasure was not a common practice. Pirates wanted their share of the loot immediately so they could spend it just as fast. Also, you'll learn later in the episode... Much of the pirates' treasure and loot wasn't always silver and gold, but perishable goods. Were burying them would kind of ruin the treasure. So, Achi won. So, we have Dubloon Devil won. Chops. Chops. Zero. Zero. Chops got chopped. Question number two. Pirates made people walk the plank. True Ooh. or false? False. I'm going to say false on that one. False. True watch. If watch. you said true, you are incorrect. Oh, pirates would rather throw someone off board than make them walk the plank because that shit is easier. Pirates had a grip of punishments that they loved using on the victims. That you'll find out later in the episode, including keel hauling, marooning, dispensing lashes, and more. 
but Pirates making people walk off, well, walk off the plank it was done, but it was maybe here or there. It wasn't like a common, super common thing. Walk the plank. Question number three. Pirates had eye patches and peg legs. True or false? True. Is that true or false? Chops? True. True. I mean, true. I. <laughs> so if hey, you. Bro, wait, where's our pirate lingo? It's later in the episode. It's after the segment, bro. <laughs> we so, said half of them already. Fuck. <laughs> so if you say true, the pirates had eye patches and peg legs. You're correct. Because life at sea was a huge kick in the dick to everyone who lived at sea. Kick in the dick. Especially pirates. Capturing ships was no joke and it was always a fight. And fighting always led to many injuries. As you back then, they fought with swords, firearms, and cannons. Oftentimes, the gunners had the shit end of the stick as they were always being the first to get attacked. Deafness, believe it or not, was an occupational hazard for pirates. Deafness? Deafness. You'd go deaf from all the ringing and bullets yeah, I bet, and I bet. Holy explosions. Shit. See, that's what they're freaking saying. All that pirate lingo. <laughs> saying that shit loud. So, true or false? Pirates lived by a pirate called. True or false? True. True. You guys are both correct. <laughs> so We did our research. Almost fuck. every pirate ship had a set of rules that all new pirates had to agree and obey. It set out how the loot would be divided, who had to do what, and what was expected by everyone. Pirates that were often punished for fighting on board, which was a huge-ass no-no. But if you held your shit until you reached land, then you could fight all you fucking wanted. Mm. There was no fighting on board. board. So last, definitely, definitely not least, true or false, pirate crews were all males. True or false? Dublin Devil? I'm saying false. Pirate crews were all males. False. All right. False. I see over here, Satan against the patriarchy. I like it. Chops? Viva la female. Pirate crews were all males. True or false? What'd you say? False? I said false. False. The pirate crews were all males. Sydney over here, he said false. Hey, my name's Sydney. Sydney Dublin Devil Man Hire. I could be Chops. What do you say? I'm going to say false. False. You're both correct. And they're fucking rating, champ. We got Dublin Devil Ooh. five to zero, because there were female pirates and they were just as badass and lethal as their male counterparts. As you're gonna find out later in this episode. So now that you guys hopefully all have your pirate names, you guys kind of know what legend, what pirate myths and legends were true or false. Chops over here, he's gonna teach us the tongue of the pirates. <laughs> this is Jack Commodore Chops Parts. A horrible fucking name. <laughs> horrible. I'm just going to stop doing a pirate voice. But if you guys want to learn the terminology, the lingo of a pirate, then sit back and relax. Because I have 25 
terms slash phrases for you all. Now, I'm going to pronounce it with my regular voice. And then after... It's oh, with the pirate. all right, nice. I want you to give me a sentence okay. with all those fucking words. <laughs> well, well, not gonna happen. So number one, we have R, or R, which is basically an exclamation to start a sentence and emphasize a pirate was about to say something important. So, oh that's really? A, yeah. So, so it's like an exclamation point at the beginning of uh-huh. the sentence. So R, and then bam, they'll say something. You know why? Because they're deaf. Because they're deaf. Oh, maybe. That's how you get their attention. But I kind of like that. I'm going to start saying that from now on. <laughs> Let me get $5. <laughs> uh, number two, we have ahoy or ahoy, which just means hello. Number right. three, we have I or I. I like it. Which is spelled A Y E. A Y E. A Y E. Which just means yes. It's I. Oh, all right, nice. Okay, so number four, our favorite term, ooh, ooh is booty, ooh. or bote, which means loot or a treasure. Nice. Number five. It, oh, what it rings true? Surprise, the rings prize. True. Number five, we have ii or ii, which usually is followed up with captain, which means a crew member says this to the captain. Meaning, I will get this done immediately. Oh, all so, right. SpongeBob, the aye aye captain. Aye aye captain. That's yeah. pretty good reference. Uh, speaking of SpongeBob, can you guys believe I've, in my life, outside of the SpongeBob movie that I was dragged to go watch when I was younger, have not seen more than 10 minutes of a SpongeBob episode? A lot of people freak out when I tell them I've never seen more than 10 minutes in like, total. Oh, in total. In total. I've, I've seen... The only thing I know about Spongebob is all the fucking memes. Yeah. That's it. I never watched Spongebob. I think I've watched less than that. five episodes because of my little... Because of... Uh, People freak out. Like, what do you mean you never watched it? I never watched it. I watched it only because there was nothing else on. It was one of those? Kid. It's one of those. See, I never watched it because we were poor and we didn't have cable. True. Oh, there you <laughs> go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nah, but like, I was never like a super big fan. Aye, aye, Captain. Yeah, aye, aye. Aye, aye, Captain. Actually, that didn't make any sense. But okay, go on. Okay, number (laughs) six. We have hearties or hearties, which means friends or fellow comrades. Gotcha, you're my hearty. No? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So you're saying that the Dublin Devil, he's your hearty? Apparently not. Oh... This is war, bitch. <laughs> this is my <laughs> ship against Sounds like ship. mutiny over here. Oh, uh, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Number seven, we Aye. have grog or grog, which is rum or liquor diluted by water. So, Miller Light, so like Quiz Light, Miller Light, all that, all the lights. You guys better start calling that grog going forward. Hey, 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 hey you better grog. stop drinking that grog, son. Get the shit out of my face. <laughs> Groggy ass mother. Uh, number eight, wait, what? No, no, I'm just <laughs> laughing. Number eight, we have Grog Blossom or Grog Blossom. Wow, it's horrible. Someone with a red nose from drinking too frequently or, make it more simple, alcoholic. So, so if you're a Grog Blossom, you're an alcoholic. We know a lot of Grog Blossoms that specifically drink Grog. <laughs> <laughs> 
and listen to the show. Talking about you, Kira. You need help. I can just hear him. A number nine. We have feed the fish or feed the fish, which means about to die. Oh shit! Oh, shit. <laughs> we had something completely different. We we had feed the fire. Yeah, <laughs> we had feed the fire when we were younger. We used to have a uh, Curtis's house as a buddy of ours. He used to have a, uh, like a fire pit, and we would always pick on somebody to feed the fire. We would say, "Hey, so for example, let's say it's us three. We'd be like, Anchi, feed the fire." His job would be to go out and get a log and then start it in the fire. It sat, and every time he had to get up and piss. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was right next to the yeah. fucking logs. Like, hey, where are you going? Oh, I'm gonna take a piss. Feed, feed the, the fire. fire. <laughs> Damn. But feed the fish means completely something completely different. You're about to die. Oh. Hey, Achi, you drink one of those. If you drink another Rockstar, you're gonna feed the fish. I'm gonna be sleeping with the fishes, bro. Oh, I think that's a different term. Yes. We're going. Number ten, we have blimey, or blimey, which means surprise or being shocked. So somebody scares you, or you're surprised to see something, they'll just scream out blimey. Is blimey could blimey also be pirate? And a pirate, a pirate alternative to fuck. That's what I was thinking. To fuck? Like, fuck. fuck. Fair enough. Blimey. If you get scared, fuck. <laughs> I like it. Number 11. Ooh. Oh, he's looking at Achi. Achi loves this one. Number 11. <laughs> Blow the man down. Whoa, 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 whoa. Achi. <laughs> or Look at Blow him. the man down. Look at him. He's smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> Which means to kill someone. So blow the man down means to kill someone. Yeah. And feed the fish means you're about to die. You're about to die. So technically. All right. All right. Blow you down so hard. Blow the man down and feed the fish. Oh, all right. There you go. Does that make sense? We're we're making our sentences. No, right? No. What? Well, that's actually not. When you say blow the man down, it's like kill him. Right? You're saying kill him. Oh, that's true. You're about to die. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Loki, it sounds like a pronunciation for a freaking anime. God, I'm stupid. Go it's on. okay. You're learning. It's a learning experience. Hey, right? Hey, we're right. all... I'm, I'm, talking, I'm, I'm talking that never going to utilize any of these <laughs> fucking terms ever in our lives. Hey, no, hey. no. We're using grog. That's just I, I'm, I'm sounding, I do like grog. I do grog, like grog. grog I'm, sounding, I'm sounding like a grog blossom right now. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Alcoholic. You do. You do. We're worried. Aha, number 12. Crack Jenny's teacup. Holy or shit. crack Jenny's teacup. Which means Kick him in the balls. to spend the night in a house of ill repute or brothel. Oh, wait, so what is it? To spend the night in a house of an ill repute or brothel. No, what, right. What's what's uh, the phrase again? The phrase? Uh, crack Jenny's teacup. Oh, all right. Crack Jenny's teacup. Mm-hmm. You're gonna crack something. I don't, I don't know if it's Jenny's teacup. This is uh, my favorite. Number thirteen. We have dead men tell no tells, or dead men tell no tells, which means leave no survivors behind. Ooh, that was actually one of my favorite parts of the Caribbean movies. Dead men tell no tells. That was one of the. Oh, that, I think it's the last one. Ah, ah. Number fourteen. We have give no quarter. Or give no quarter, which means to refuse to spare lives. Oh, shit. Represent, usually represented by a red flag. So if you see a ship and it's coming your way, you see a red flag up, that means they're attacking and, and they're gonna they're kill taking it. no survivors. Everybody. So is it kill or be killed? Dead. 
That makes sense because later on in the episode, during the pirate torture segment of the episode, I'm going to talk about how pirates would get rid of complete ships. Like how they get rid of everybody. They'll kill everybody. Damn. And I'm assuming that ship was flying a red flag. Number 15, you mentioned this term earlier. And this term is marooned. Or marooned. To be stranded on a deserted island. Like Jack fucking Sparrow. Jack fucking Sparrow. Number 16, we have no prey, no pay. Or no prey, no pay. Which is common pirate law that loot would be shared equally to all the crew members. That's one thing that that you wouldn't do. Nah, hell no. Nah. That's true, because you're taking all yeah, loot. I've seen your title. Yeah, as Devil's Grin, I'm taking everything. But if you guys listen to our mini episode. Put a red you, flag on you. We learn. <laughs> we both put red flags on the motherfucker, bro. If you guys listen to our mini episode, you guys learn that the pirates, they're actually a democratic party. They are. You're, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> no. I'm, a piece of shit. I'm like, this is really gonna take all the loot, bro. It's gonna take all the loot. All the loot, man. Mm-mm. Put some red flags on this fucking. <laughs> Number seventeen, we have show a leg, or show a leg, which is a cheeky phrase if you wanted to wake up a sleeping pirate. I don't know how I feel about it. If I was a pirate, someone just shouting, show a leg. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about. I don't know how I feel about that. Like if I didn't know the lingo, I'll just look at but. Fuck my dude. Oh, like it's a fucking leg. No, fuck off. Show a leg. Bob, I have no legs. <laughs> I got I pegs. Have pegs. <laughs> <laughs> I can fucking pegs. He's <laughs> fluttering. Oh, He's just fluttering his pegs. <laughs> you just, I got no legs. You just hear him hitting his legs. Click. You just hear the click, click. <laughs> uh, number 18, we have a, what's um, pronounced as bilge rat. What? Uh, it's, it's, it's named. It's. It, it's an insult. So if a pirate will call another pirate a bilge rat, it's it's like, it's horrible. And this is the meaning of it. It's an uh, insult given by a pirate to another pirate or anyone. And a bilge rat or a rat. Well, bilge is a lower, um, it's the lowest Part compartment of the boat. Of the boat shit, right? It's usually filled with like nasty ass fucking water. Yeah. Shit like that. And that's where some of the rats are. And uh, bilge rat, bilge rat, B I L G E rat, rat, right? Rat, okay, R A T, fucking bilge rat. You fucking bilge rat, that's you, you're a bilge fucking rat. You for real, show some legs, show us a leg. We're gonna bilge rat, we're gonna butcher these. God damn it, and then I'll start screaming out, show a leg. Number 19, uh, we have buckle or buckle, which means a uh, friend. Friend? Friend. A friend. A right. friend. So you're my buckle, you're my friend. So what's the difference between a buckle and a hardy? Hardies are uh, like BFFs? Like comrades? Co- uh, like, like pirates like and pirates. Like oh, okay. Shipmates. I get it. Yeah. You catch so, my drift? Yeah. Like buckle could just literally mean you know somebody from the, from an island. But that is, you know, it's my buckle. It's my buckle. But when you're a pirate pirate, you're obviously going to be a block closer, so that's your hearty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. See, I'm getting there. I'm fucking, I'm almost there, bro. Freaking build. <laughs> oh, his fucking names. Keep going. Number 20, we have Jack Ketch, which means a hangman. So when someone says to dance with Jack Ketch, it's to hang. 
Oh, shit. Jack Ketch was a famous executioner in the 1600s. And that was his name, Jack Ketch. So they named his phrase or they after started him. saying it after him. That's crazy. So the hangman. So to dance with Jack Ketch is to hang. Number 21, we have Land Lubber. I repeat, we have Land Lubber. Lubber? Lubber. Land and then L-U-B-B-E-R. Or Land Lubber. Which is unfamiliar with the sea or seamanship. So if you're completely noob. You're a freaking noob on the nerd. So we're Land Lubbers. Yeah. Yep. Number 22, we have Matey or Mate. Or Matey, mate, which means to address someone in a friendly fashion. All right, so that's pirate for bro. Or aye, aye, matey. Or bruh. 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 What's up, bruh? What's up, matey? What's up, mate? Number 23, we have Scallyway. Or Scallyway, which means a mischievous person. Is that, that, from, that, that is <laughs> fucking Moses. I don't, I don't appreciate that. that is Moses. I don't appreciate all this slander. But is that different from Scallywag? Scallywag is... Or have uh, we just been mispronouncing that word forever? Scallywag? Scallywag? It probably means the same shit, right? Because that's the way it's always used. Like, this fucking Scallywag. Right? Like, this is a mischievous fuck. Yeah, I think uh, I saw the... It could just... Different. The different, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Number 24, we have Scourge. Oh, this is... This is fucking you. He's pointing at he's pointing at Archie, by the way. No, I'm pointing at you. Pointing at, oh, at you. Pointing at you, Scallywag. Scourge of the Seven Seas. Holy shit. Damn, so there's something worse than Scourge Rat. of the Seven Seas. <laughs> Which is a pirate known for his extreme violent and brutal nature. You're stealing the loot, bro. I guess that is true what they say. You get shit on when you're at the top. You know, since I'm the reigning. Roundtable champion. Easy like for y'all do- to aim up. I like how you're doing all this while wearing a Miami Heat shirt, too. Bro, we just signed oh. Jimmy Buckets. We just got Jimmy Buckets. So it means we're maybe going to make the playoffs in the <laughs> East. Don't you dare talk shit about Dwayne Wade. It's a flash, bro. All right, finish your list. Fucking Scourge of the Sea. Of the Seven Seas. That's a pretty nice title. Is it Scourge? Scourge. Scourge of the Seven Seas. All right. Last but not least, we have strumpet, Whoa. or strumpet, which means a promiscuous woman or a female prostitute. Scrumpet, strumpet, 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 strump. S T R U M P E T. I'm surprised it wasn't trumpet with the S. Makes sense. I'm surprised there's not. I'm pretty sure there is. Maybe another word for dick, or like asshole. You know what I mean? Like to like literally use in today's lame terms. Yeah, Fuck it. I ain't gonna go around calling people scourges of seven seas. <laughs> Look at me like I'm a fucking idiot. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the twenty-five terms slash phrases that you may or may not heard of. All right. So now that you have your pirate names, now the now that you know which pirate myths are true or false, and now that you're ready to speak like a pirate, here's Achi. To let us know about some pirate superstitions. Boy, and let me tell you, these pirates are super superstitious. They're superstitious as fuck. Like, th- there's a reason why there's a super 
in, in that <laughs> word. They put the super in superstition? True. Achi, answer me this. Who's more superstitious? Pirates or Mexican Catholic mom? That's a tough ass one. Holy mm. shit. I think Mexican Catholic moms derive from pirates. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, you think you think they're on equal footing? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. I think they got inspired by pirates. Holy shit, bro. So it's, it's a combination of good and bad luck. There's some that exclusively that I'll be talking about that has to do with good luck. There's some that has to do with bad luck. And there's some that's like in between. So the first one, throwing salt over your shoulder. That sounds familiar. And you do that. So that way it help keeps the devil at bay. It doesn't, doesn't go on you with the shit. And if you want to learn about superstitions that aren't just pirates, you can listen to our superstitions episode. They're superstition. Next one. Davy Jones Locker. So that has to do with sailors who die from violence or lost at sea said to have gone to Davy Jones Locker. There's a sick remedy. It's just sick. It's like the whole thing of like wearing shoes because you don't want to be wearing, you know, walking around the house barefoot because you'll mm. get sick. Some shit like that. So they're saying that if you mix salt with spittle, you put it together, it turns into a paste. You put it behind your ears and it's supposed to cure you from sickness. Okay, so how to relieve from bad luck? The person responsible for the bad luck spins around a total of three times and then spits or farts after. Mm. That's, that's, that's how, how you get, get rid of bad luck? That's how you get rid of bad luck. Carl, but let's try this shit real quick. <laughs> I gotta blow some ass. Fucking scourge rat. <laughs> True. Is it scourge? Belge. Belge. Fuck, I'm stupid. I'll write it down. Belge rat. Belge rat. All right, I'll just continue. Looking like a gorge blossom over here. Sound like a landlubber, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> next one knocking on wood. Knocking on wood on the wooden hull of the ship brings good luck, especially if the, if the knock is solid and responsive. This also implies that the ship hull is free from rot or deterioration. That makes sense. So when you knock on, on the hole, and the sound, it sounds like s- s- soggy and shit, you know that boat is going to go down the minute yeah, you hit it. Yeah, you ain't, you're going to have a fucking rocky ride, rocky sail. They're, they're about to feed the fish. They're about to feed the fish. And you know what they say? Dead men tell no tales. Ooh. Fucking bilge rats. Having a naked lady figure. Having a fa- figurehead of a naked lady at bow, meaning the front of the boat, mm-hmm. yeah. is said to help calm the sea. And her open eyes will help guide the boat to safety. Hmm. Now, here's our some examples of good luck. Seeing swallows or dolphins at sea is considered good luck. Okay. Having tattoos or piercings is considered good luck. I'm in there. Throwing a coin at sea is almost like paying a toll to the god of sea, Neptune. That's good luck. Uh, having a horseshoe hung on the ship's mast. Uh, it helps free the ship's voyage from storms. I've always noticed that. Okay. I've always noticed that there's always, there's always a shitload of horseshoes on the side of both uh, pirate ships. Mm-hmm. I was like, why? Yep. He's on the fucking water. He's putting fucking shoe horses on seahorses. Mm-hmm. Uh, pouring wine on deck is considered good luck. Cool. Uh, son of a gun, which is basically a child that was born on the boat. Oh, that's a dope-ass looking name. Son, Son of, of a gun. gun. Son yeah. of a gun. And that's good luck. And having cats on board, especially if it follows the sailor onto the boat, is also considered good luck. Okay. Okay. Now let's talk about the bad luck. Oh, yeah. Speaking of women and, and 
being pirates and all. Having women on the boat is considered bad luck. Holy shit, for real? Because it's said and believed that if you have a woman on the boat, the men will be distracted. They're distracted. They're not paying paying attention attention. to to what's fucking happening. And bam, Titanic all over again. They'd be staring at that booty. Cutting your nails or hair at sea is considered bad luck. Because doing so is like an offering to the Roman goddess of infernal regions known as uh, Prosperin, which would anger Neptune because you're giving your offerings to that bitch mm. instead of to Neptune. Uh, don't sell on Friday. I mean, oh, don't, don't sail. Don't sail on Friday. Don't start your voyage on a Friday. It's considered bad luck. Oh, so, so but you could sail on Friday. Just don't start your voyage. Or on Fridays, like everyone chill. Like chill. Staying. Like you're chilling. Like, that's your rest day. Like that's anchor like, down. That's like Pirate Sunday. All right, I like that. And the and during the 1800s, this is a, a theory or a, uh, a legend. During the 1800s, a British government wanted to prove that superstition as a fallacy, and so what they did was what any freaking superstitious fuck would do. They built a ship on a Friday, and respectfully named her the HMS Friday. Placed her in command by uh, Captain James Friday. And then set sail on the first Friday of the month. Damn, Fridays on Fridays on Fridays. And the ship mysteriously blew up. The the, the ship and the crew were never seen again. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Shut the fuck for up, real? for real? It, it, it's a freaking, it's a tell. Oh. No one knows if it's true. That's amazing. But what better way to prove that your <laughs> shit rock? They're all like, see, see, I told you. Don't talk to redheads prior to boarding the ship. However, this could be avoided that if you speak to the redhead first before they speak to you, then you're, uh, on, you're on the clear. But they talk to you first before you talk to them. I want to know why there's so much hatred for ginger people. I don't know. For like redheads. I don't know if ginger is a bad term. Is it a bad term? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a derogatory term? Yeah. yeah. All right. My bad. I don't know. So you learn. That's how you learn. You know what I mean? But I wonder why they get so much flack. But South Park had to South get Park. it from somewhere. South Park had to get it. I mean, South but South for modern shit, times, South Park was the big. South yeah. Park shits on everybody, though. Yeah, yeah. It's equality for everyone to get shit on. True. I don't know. That's a good question. Tune in next week to find, <laughs> to get find out. out of here. Whistling is not allowed on ship. What the fuck? Really? Because, because then that causes storms. Suck my dick! Don't. Isn't that a pirate thing to yeah. whistle? <laughs> no. It's no. Fucking no. Really? Knocking on wood while whistling. That's. Oh. You're really? Trying to get some storms? I'm trying to think about the pirate. You know what? I'm going to go on a Pirates of the Caribbean binge tonight. Since I have the next four whistle? days off. Okay. Check to see if there's a storm that happens right after that. See if there's any whistling. Jack Sparrow gets fucked over every time. Also, speaking of Pirates of, the Pirates of the Caribbean, here's a little fun fact that maybe a lot of people know. Maybe some people don't know. Do you guys know the name, the band Bring Me the Horizon? Yes. Yeah. Well, they got the name from the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. At the end of the movie, Jack Sparrow, when he's on the ship, he gets his compass and he points out to the sea and he's like, bring me the horizon. And that's where the band got their name. Really? From the first part of the Caribbean movie. You don't say. Bring me the horizon. They're that new? Well, Pirates of the Caribbean is from 2001. That's still pretty new. That's almost 20 years. If you're fishing and you fish out a left boot, you better freaking spit in it and throw it back in the sea because those are going to get bad luck. So if you're fishing and you bring up a left boot, yep, 
That's bad luck. It's bad juju. Does that mean the right is good luck? Yep. Or Oh, all right, you nice. Fish out right booty. You have okay. to spit in. You said spit in it and freaking throw it back in the sea. Damn. You're like fuck this shit. Damn, imagine you're fishing because you're hungry. Does the whole yeah, crew have to spit? No, nah, just a person fishing. Okay. Yeah. What imagine? <laughs> hey, Bob. No. Arr, spit on the left boot. Naming a boat after an engaged woman is bad luck because then it would make the ship jealous. Oh, that's a fun one. Okay. See, that's why they always call ships her or she. Cats are ba- basically weather people. They let you know what the weather is. If they lick their fur, that means a hailstorm is coming. A hailstorm? Yep. Hail? Hail. All right. If they sneeze, that means that there's going to be heavy rain. Okay. And if they're frisky cats, that means that the wind is going to blow hard. What's a frisky cat? I mean, are they trying to fuck? Killing a swallow or a dolphin is bad luck. What the fuck? For real? What? Well, that makes sense if they're good luck omens. All it, right. it said that they carry the souls of the dead sailors. So if you kill them, it's like you're killing what's left of the dead sailor. No priest on board because they wear black and they do funeral services. Has to do with the dead. All right. Don't carry a rabbit or don't take salmon with you because it prevents the sailors from having a good fishing. Don't kill pigs, especially on board of a ship. Because they're known as highly respected animals. Killing it would bring terrible storms. For real? Yeah. Don't wear a dead man's clothes. Because then that will bring bad luck for the entire crew. Damn. Well, not just you. Not just you. That's everyone. It's dark hole. If the ship cat goes up to a sailor, but then immediately turns away, means that you're going to get bad luck. I'm punting the shit out of that cat that does that to me. Which is a Boot. good thing that you say that. Fucking out of the ship, bro. I'm just because launching throwing that motherfucker. It, throwing a cat overboard is considered bad luck. See I chops? already got bad luck. See, Chops? See what happens? You're going to kill Dolphin. Nah, no, no, no. I'm nah, killing nah. a cat that just gave you bad luck. Nah, it's different. So do you get bad luck. Anyways. Rats. Wait, so do I get fucked twice? Yeah. Rats leaving the ship is bad luck. What the fuck? I thought fucking I was... Bill Drass, you... That's <laughs> you. See what I mean? You won't leave the fucking see, ship. See, that's why the freaking Bill Drass happens. I that's hate, good luck. I, I hate this so much. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking Bill Drat. Fucking Naming Bill a boat Drat. with the with the word... Bill Drat? No. <laughs> with a word that ends with the letter A is bad luck. luck. Yeah. Wait, ends with the letter A? Yeah. Huh. Naming a boat with okay. a word that ends with the letter A Okay. bad luck. Okay. Try to find a word that ends with the letter A. Like a name? Oh, banana. (laughs) The banana. (laughs) Stupid. And also bad luck. Carrying uh, black sea bags, like your freaking, uh, like your maleta, your freaking, what do they call them? Those sacks? Those military bags? Yeah. If it's black, it's because they're bad luck. What other colors are there? White. I'm trying to get a yellow one. <laughs> if the ship bell rings without a human hand, meaning that there's in, there isn't someone who actually ringing it, it's considered bad luck. Oh, all right. Stepping onto the boat with your left foot forward or first, it's considered bad luck. Damn. Uh, that's you, you yeah. landlubber. Yeah, think about it. What, a newbie? I'm getting, I'm, I'm fucking up this whole voyage. <laughs> Yeah, more of this whole voyage. <laughs> Saying the word "drown" is considered bad luck. Okay. 
if a shark follows a ship, it's considered bad luck. Can we kill a shark? <laughs> yeah, you could. Actually. Yeah, there's no bullshit. Kill there's shark. No, no, no. All right. So technically, we kill the shark. He ain't following you no more. So all right. All right. Nice one. And the last but not least, if a manta ray attached themselves to the ship's anchor, it would surely, it's known that, or they say, that it would surely drag the ship down to Davy Jones' locker. Wait. What? I'm killing that. The man. manta ray uh-huh. attaches to the ship's anchor. Mm-hmm. It oh. said that it would drag the ship down to Davy Jones' locker. And if you guys haven't listened to our mini episode, Davy Jones' locker is basically the pirate's version of hell. Yeah. Also, if you guys want to know who Davy Jones is, listen to our previous episode, our mini episode. So, Achi, thank you for t- thank you for telling us about all the shit we shouldn't do and should do. Well, we're out at sea, since we're already superstitious as fuck. Thank you for letting me know about the things I should avoid. Like Josh kicking a cat overboard? Yeah, you It fuck. gave me bad luck! Alright. <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> hey, shouldn't have brought a cat in the first place. I didn't bring the cat! <laughs> Follow. I'm Chops! Chops don't like cats! Chop the cat up? I chopped that motherfucker good, bro. I'm punting the fuck out of that shit. Alright. Killed the shark with Hold that up. fucking cat. It didn't say if you keep... If you kill a cat. So you can just kill it. Just don't throw right, it over. I'm going to kick the shit <laughs> and kill that cat. So, if we want, so we've all read the stories and Chop seen the movies. I'm looking at you, Pirates of the Caribbean, where our antiheroes sell off into the horizon with a pirate ship full of gold, silver, you know, and exotic jewels. Fucking loot. But like any movie and story, facts are never as sexy as fiction. And this amazing image that we've all come to recognize is not really all that accurate. That's a buzzkill, man. In fact, it was pretty fucking rare for pirates to get their dirty, scurry fingers on shit like this. But that doesn't mean they never took anything from their victims. So, a lot of pirate treasure, it was rarely all gold, silver, and jewels. That's what this list is about. What you would find on a quote-unquote pirate treasure loot. First and foremost, food and drinks. So one of the things that pirates always looked for when plundering the victim's cargo was food and drinks. Specifically, alcoholic drinks. Hell yeah, the gorge, bruh. Bags and barrels of rice and other food supplies that were also taken when needed. And most of the time... Pirates left enough food behind for their victims to survive on. So the pirates, they weren't always all dicks. You know what I mean? They'd leave a little bag of rice. You know, not just, you. No, nah, not me. Build what rat. do you expect from someone nicknamed the Devil's Grin? To be a, a badass, not a exactly. bitch. I'm being a badass. All right? So, in fact, it was pretty fucking rare. He's not very democratic, if you tell me. Not one bit. You can get freaking booted off the fucking Look, boat. man. Fishing ships <laughs> that were also robbed. But most often, when fishing ships were robbed, it was usually for, for their nets. Another thing that you would find on a, on a pirate treasure loot box, quote unquote loot box, would be ship materials. So, as we can all imagine, docking your ship when it's full of criminals who are wanted for countless crimes and murders in a port full of authority figures probably isn't the brightest of ideas. So, if you can't access ports or shipyards to fix your ship, which you can bet has been abused to dick 
you do the next best thing. You steal the shit you need. Pirate ships were often in need of new sails, ropes, anchors, plus, you know, other day-to-day maintenance equipment. So, when they would go on other ships, they would steal candles, thimbles, frying pans, thread, soap, kettles, and, like, other little shit like that. As well as wood, masts, and part of the ships that they needed to fix. Like, pieces of wood and just other shit. But if shit wasn't looking too hot, they just outright swap ships with their victims and be like you know what our ship is dick get on our ship we're gonna get on yours goodbye and you just just, just gta that bitch hell yeah another thing would be trade goods so most of the pirate loot that they would get away with were trade goods shipped by merchants very rarely did a pirate know what kind of good their victim ships was carrying but popular trade goods at the time were things like bolts of cloths Tanned animal skins, spices, sugars, dyes, cocoa, tobacco, cotton wood, and, you know, things of that nature. Those are usually things found on board. But even though they might have a plethora of options to choose from, pirates had to be careful on what they were going to steal because some things were easier to sell than others. Obviously, most pirates had the connects on land where they would sell their items stolen at one of the many pirate-friendly towns, such as Port Royal, Jamaica, and the Bahamas. So those were pirate haven zones. Those are like pirate. Those, that, that, that's ports where pirates were good to go. Like that's pirate friendly ports. You, if you steal shit, you go to the Bahamas and you just sell the shit you need and get the fuck out. One of the other things that they would steal, it wasn't often, but it would, they were known to steal would be slaves. So as cool as pirates were made out to be, we tend to forget that many of these men were criminal pieces of shit. And during the reign, human trafficking was a very profitable business. And slave ships were often raided by pirates. Pirates usually would keep a few slaves to work on the ships and would try and sell the rest themselves. But more often than not, but more often than not, the pirates, they would just five finger discount the whole ship. And let the merchants keep the slaves. But not for humanitarian reasons. But because slaves weren't always the easiest to sell. And if you have slaves on the ship. They have to be fed and cared for. So the pirate's like, you know what? Sometimes it's... Barely have enough food for myself. And then... Weapons, tools, medicines. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that weapons were very valuable as they were, quote-unquote, the tools of the trade. So, after raiding a ship, cannons were moved to the pirate ship, and the holds, they were all cleared of all the gunpowder, small arms, and bullets. Tools were also good as gold, whether they were carpenter tools, surgeon knives, or navigational gear, like maps and compasses. Medicines were also never left behind. Pirates were more often than not always injured or sick. And I'm assuming there's not that many CVSs out in the Pacific Ocean. So it's not a pharmacy where you could just pop in and out. So medicine was such a high key, was such a huge component in surviving, in surviving that my brother might talk about Blackbeard. Right? So you're going to talk about um, his uh, 
His hostage situation? His blockade. His blockade? His blockade. So my brother's going to talk about Blackbeard. I... And he's going to show you the length that some pirates would go for fucking medicine. And last but not least. So just because I said that not all pirates ever made off with chests of actual treasure doesn't mean that they would leave empty handed. Most ships, you know, they did have a little gold, silver or jewels or some other coin aboard. And their captains were always tortured in order for them to, to reveal the location of their secret stash. One lucky scary fuck, he made off with a lifetime's worth of loot. So in 1694, Henry Avery and his crew ransacked the Ganj Isawai, the treasure ship of the Grand Mogul of India. They captured chests and chests and barrels on top of barrels filled with nothing. For gold, silver, and jewels. Damn. So as soon as they stole all that shit, they went to port. They retired. And spent like fucking kings. They ate like kings. They drank like kings. And they retired. Hell yeah. Fuck the pirate life. One of the things that was interesting when we were talking about superstitions was that keeping a, a female pirate on board was considered to be bad luck. Mm-hmm. But that didn't always stop pirate ships from carrying female pirates, right, True. Archie? True. I got a list of three very, very famous pirates. And the first one, by far, has to be Anne Bonny. And so Anne Bonny, I think, was a definition of, I didn't choose a pirate life. Pirate life chose me. Yeah. <laughs> So, Anne Bonny was born in 1698 as Anne Cormick. That was her actual name. In Cork, Ireland, to her father, William Cormick, and her mother, Mary Brennan. Now, you're thinking, wait, that's not the same freaking last name. Well, it's because she was born out of wedlock because Anne's mother was actually the maid out of the house. So, William's actual wife obviously left him, and William and Mary decided to stay together. And raise little Anne. The weird thing is, however, to avoiding getting bad rep from this scandal, her father disguised Anne as a little boy and told everyone that, quote-unquote, he was the son of one of his relatives. Eventually, though, word got out and his business suffered, so he decided to take the whole fam and move to South Carolina. And what did they do, Archie? That I don't know. They bought a fucking plantation. They were slave owners. Ooh, now that makes so much sense as I get further down along. So at the age of 13, though, Anne lost her mum to typhoid fever. And like any death from any intermediate family member, she changed. She became a ruthless motherfucker who who was set to stop fools whenever they were bugged to shadow van. So they looked at her ugly. Like. Like, she got a freaking... Stab to kill or just stab Stab to kill, bro. So she'll kill him. Like, she was freaking... Michael Myers. Father couldn't deal with this freaking ruthless attitude and attempted to engage... Get her engaged with some of the boys from the town. Obviously, it didn't work because no one wanted a chick who stabs you for looking at them (laughs) wrong. And in 1708, however, she did find love 
with a drop dead poor sailor named John Bunny. And of course, her father was fucking disappointed <laughs> with her choice of a spouse. But I think Loki, he was glad that she's no longer his problem now. Man, she's running around stabbing motherfuckers. The fuck? And this is especially true since her dad disowned her. And the two took away on a one-way trip to the pirate hotspot of the Bahamas. The Bahamas. The Bahamas. One of the, like, when I was doing research on Anne and Bonnie, one of, like, no one knows definitely what the fuck her, her, her early life was. Like, yeah. all of this is just speculation and things that they piece together. Mm-hmm. And one of the different versions of her childhood of growing up was she actually did marry somebody, but she married, like, some boring accountant and she was just, like, bored out of her mind. And she then, stabbed him. And then this dude was stab, stab. a, and then this dude that she ran away with was a pirate. He was, like, a, he was a shitty pirate. Like, a shitty pirate. Like, like, technically, he was a pirate because he was a dude that lived on a ship. Yeah. But he never stole anything, but he was a pirate, and he had his own crew. So she's like, oh, shit, that's like the... And as close as he's going to get to the bad boy that she wants. And, yeah, and that back then, that's the bad boy on the Harley smoking, you know what I mean? That's like her Jack from, like, Titanic. That, exactly. Yeah. So she was like, oh, shit. Jack. And she ended up running away, but she fell in love with this dude, and she ran away. Yeah. Her dad, on the other hand, he was tired of all the scandals and everything. He's like, look... If you fucking leave and you ruin the good shit we have here, I'm disowning you. You're done. And she's like, I'm out. And she took off with a homie over here. What's his name? John Bonnie. John Bonnie. And then eventually, though, he'll go from the bad boy right into Harley to a fucking Hollister kid real quick. And there's this other speculation that John Bonnie was actually not a pirate, but instead a professional pirate snitch. To the governor, Woods Roger, from Great Britain. And you see, around this time, it was the tip end of the golden age of pirates. I think Moses would be talking about. And it's because of these motherfuckers. (laughs) He's like, oh, shit, am I talking about that? Oh, fuck. At the pirate age, they didn't actually last very long. No, so, like, if you listen to... Golden age? Like, if you listen to our mini-episode, our previous episode, the golden age of pirates... Like when 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 you think of pirates, you think of this era. Happened between 1701 and 1725. It's like a 25 year reign, right? From like this is like oh shit, this is like golden age of pirates. Golden age of pirates, a freaking long ass time. Nope. I have, I have like five books that I bought for this fucking segment, and each one differs from different, but they all fall in those 25 years. Mm -hmm. One of the books, it's called uh, what's it called? Shipwrecks and Lost Treasures. Um, yeah, so one of the books that, um, it's, it's, it's not this book, but it's one of the books that I bought with this one. Uh, the dude who wrote it, uh, he says the, the, technically the golden age of pirates like only, real only lasted age. like two years. Yep. Where like every, like a bunch of, sh- bunch of shit that we think of pirates happened in two years. And like, that was it because pirates didn't live that long. How the fuck, like you're, this life isn't like, you're not going to live forever. This yeah. is something you have a. You yeah, know, living with. Yeah, like you ain't gonna retire a pirate. Like there's no reti- there's no four hundred one k for this shit. Nope. And one of the things about uh, right now talking about and Annie was one of the other things about how he was a pirate turned to snitch or he was never re- like there's that thing like we're like was he always a pirate was he always a snitch or never one of the things was like no he was like a pirate but he was so shitty at being a pirate he was tired of getting made fun of by real pirates so pirates were fucking there was wanted. 
there was fucking fucking wanted like all these men were wanted men there were fucking prices on the head he's like oh yeah motherfucker i'll be right back and he goes and knocks on the governor's door he's like hey you looking for so-and-so i know where they're at and he started snitching on them the problem was he was a snitch well the problem <laughs> well that was that was the problem the problem yeah. was that and she was enamored with the pirate life she was uh, like she fell in love with mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. a lot of the people he was pointing fingers at were her, her. friends it's like, oh, you picked the right one because he's a homie. So I'll actually pick it up. And so that. at first, there was only two ships that were posting the Bahamas cracking down on pirates. But eventually, though, towards the end of the, the golden age of piracy, that number grew to 124. 124 ships. So that's Hunting why the down pirates. So that that's why the golden age, quote unquote, didn't last very long. Fucking because it, it was just like, oh shit, it's turning to real problems. Freaking get back up. Two ships to 124, bruh. And so while Anne's Mans was finding out all the big heads and sending them out to the governor, Anne, like Moses mentioned, was left alone and roamed freely as she pleased. And the boy that she fell in love with, the pirate life. She freaking fathomed this life. It's what she always wanted. She wanted the freaking ruthless life. And then she left her mans to marry a very famous pirate by the name of Calico Jack. Cackle? Calico Jack. Yeah, Calico Jack. So she ended up marrying a legit pirate. And so Calico Jack was nice enough and offered John into divorcing Anne with some pay. It's like, hey, you don't want her. I want her. Here's some loot so that way she could be with me. So John's like, no, 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 none of that shit. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. She was with me. Oh, he refused. Yeah. He refused. Which sucked for him, though, because regardless, Anne, Anne was going to be running away with Jack anyway. Anne's like, oh, well, you should have taken the money because now you're losing me for nothing. Damn. However, if you remember when I mentioned, it's actually bad luck to have a woman on board in the ship. She's a woman about to be on a ship with a bunch of pirates. That's fucking, that's no-no. It's bad luck. What did the crew say? Well, the same's uh, held here. But you know what Anne did? Whenever a crew member wanted to get rid of her, what do you she, think she stabbed did? him. She proceeded to murk the crew member and throw him off the fucking boat. Oh. She went, stab, stab, fuck out of here. And no one's going to do anything to her because that's the captain's, captain's girl. Shit. There you go. And he needs to say no one wanted to fuck with Anne after that. Damn. Trying to get freaking stabbed and thrown overboard. The fuck? Anne still, however, decides to disguise herself as a man whenever she and her mates went off pillaging expedition. No one knows as to, uh, no one knows as to sure why, to be honest. Um, but around that time, is when she met up with another pirate girl, named Mary Reed. And there's not much info about this chick. Mary Reed. Yeah, but Mary was actually Anne's homegirl, and she joined later on the ship crew. Much like Anne, she lived a pretty crazy upbringing. She had a fucked life. Maybe not the whole stabbing part, but pretty close. She, however, decided to disguise herself as a man all around the clock. There's even speculation that Anne and Mary had a thing for each other. They were scissor sisters. They were scissor Mm. sisters. All right, so there's a rumor that Calico Jack, he ended up knocking up Anne, right? Mm -hmm. He he ended up knocking, knocking up Anne, and he's like, look, you're pregnant. You can't be on my pirate ship with my kid. I know somebody in Cuba. I have a homie there. I'm going to leave you in Cuba. That's a bucko. 
With his bucko. There you go. There you go. I'm going to leave you in Cuba until you give birth. Well, I'll come and, back for you. And she does. No one knows if she kept the kid, that lost the kid, or they kept, or the family that was taking care of her kept kept the kid. But the point is that she was gone for a while. She was gone for a few months, and in those few months, that's when Mary came in. The thing about Mary is she had a fucked up life. Um, I, I think um, her dad, like they didn't want a girl, so they wanted a boy. So her whole upbringing, they dressed her up as a boy, mm. like. And then she's like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna join the army." She joined the army, and then she retired. And she's like, "I'm gonna do something." And then she had a career. And she's like, "This is fucking boring. Let me go back into the army." So when she went back into the army, Calico Jack ended up fucking platooning her ship that she was on, and he took all of the all the people on her ship as his prisoners and made them pirates for his own ship. She was so she became a pirate against her will as a punishment. Yeah, this happened while Anne was in Cuba. So when Calico Jack ends up sh- goes to Cuba to pick up Anne, he's like, "Oh, by the way, we have another chick on the ship." But they weren't they weren't a thing. It was just like she's just a girl that ended up just on the pirate. She's just a pirate. She's just part of the crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't nothing. But Calico and Mary's like, "All right," Anne's like, "All right, cool, whatever." She got on the boat, and soon after they hit it off immediately because obviously it must be nice to have another girl on board. True, true. And that's how they ended up hitting it off. And there's rumors saying that they were dating, and then like. Calico Jack, you, you know, he was fucking uh, double dipping on both of them. Calico Jack was living the best life. You know, there was a bunch of rumors going on for the point. The thing that's almost for sure is Anne was Calico Jack's girl. Whether Mary was his girl or not, there's rumors saying yes, rumors saying no. But whatever the case is, the crew members didn't mess with any of them. They're like, All right, they are the, they're like up there with the captain. We're not. They're like, if you want the battle of cap, you take it. We ain't fucking with that. Now, my question is, going back to the you know superstitions. Now there's two females. So it cancels out. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like, did anything bad happen? Oh, you'll see towards the end. <laughs> oh, 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 We okay. ain't done with this shit. That answers my question. Carry on, carry on. So at this point, that's when Anne's true <laughs> pirate life began. Because when there's a point when a ship was seen to have, uh, or their ship has been approached by a French vessel, and quickly got a mannequin that was in the ship, smothered it in red paint, and then stood on top of it, yielding an axe. Much to everyone's surprise, her plan actually worked because a French ship immediately surrendered. They see her on top of a quote unquote body, carrying a freaking axe, they're like, what the fuck? Fuck that. shit. Like, fuck Hell this. Nah. And this continued on a spree of capturing a loot from more than nine ships in the span of a month. Damn. Which at this point is actually quite impressive for a single ship with a small crew. And at 17, in 1720, however, the short spree came to a screeching halt. Earning the reputation that they did, Governor Woods Rogers is back. Order fleet to find Calico Jack and his ship and put a stop to them. Not a boat, a fleet. A freaking fleet. Army. How big the fleet was, no mm. no one knows, but uh they say it was between uh they say it could have been between three and twelve ships that were out looking for her. Mm-hmm. They're looking for that one ship. Which you're like, fuck, that's a lot, but you're like, is it? Because the ocean's pretty fucking big. Twelve ships? 
But you know how you mentioned, like, there's this area where the pirates are? Yeah. These motherfuckers stayed within, and so they're near Jamaica. Yeah, because pirates have to follow trade routes, so that's how you find other boats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where they were confronted. The the pirate hunters ordered Jack, Calico Jack, to surrender, but his dumbass instead shot out of a cannon, not knowing that he was greatly outnumbered. (laughs) And I say greatly because half of his crew was actually blackout drunk in the ship's hold. Yeah, because they were sell when they got jumped. They were sell. I, I, I think they got jumped late at night, like early in the morning, when the previous night, like a few hours before, they had just taken the ship. So they were out celebrating. They were drinking yeah. when this navy ended up showing up on them. Yeah, they were, everyone's they're all drunk and they're all, you know they're like, oh fuck, they got taken and just bad luck. And despite Calico Jack eventually offering to surrender, Mary and Nan wanted to continue fighting and fighting they did these two very courageous women were also very skilled warriors and were fending off the enemy while more than half of the crew were either still fucking drunk and passed out or already surrendering when man when man when ann and mary heard this news mary shouted out to the hold saying and i quote if there's a man among ye then you'll come up and fight like the man ye ought to be and no response. Then you know what they did? Freaking proceeded to shoot the whole killing one of the crew members and wounding the rest. These chicks were fucking pissed. You're the only two girls on board. Yep. And the only one of the very few that want to continue on fighting. While everyone was like freaking drunk. Like, oh, that's it. We're done. Yeah. And as much as they were brave and skilled, they were still obviously heavily unma- uh, unmatched. And were captured and put on trial in Spanish Town, Jamaica. All the men were sentenced to jail and proceeded to be hung a few at a time. Damn. And it was said that in the jail, while Calico Jack and Anne were awaiting their fate, Anne told Jack, and I quote, I'm sorry to see you here. That if you had fought like a man, then you need not have been hanged like a dog. And that's a fucking dope-ass quote. She's like, yo, if you would have fought like me, you know, if you would have fought like us, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be in here, you bitch. And that quote again, I'm sorry to see you here, but if you would have fought like a man, you need not have been hanged like a freaking dog. Damn. Two girls were soon put up for trial and were found guilty to be hung like the rest of their fellow crewmates. But to all of our surprise, both of the girls were actually pregnant. Or so they claim. Or so they claim. And we're relieved from their execution. The girls did it. Sort of. While staying in jail, Mary actually contrived a fever and died in the year of 1721. <laughs> While Anne, however, was waiting her next fate, a miracle happened. She was released on bail by her father and moved back to South Carolina, married, and had eight children, pretty much lived a nice life, and died at the age of 1782 at the age of 84 she lived wow, a long, so she... she lived a long life and uh one of the rumors is like the, like that's a rumor about Anne. no one knows that that actually happened all they know is that she was supposed to go to jail and she didn't and then she just disappeared she was gg yeah but like when they, when you look into her family line they're saying like oh she moved over there the reason they found out she was in jamaica was because the dad was tracking her down and he found her her son or her, her her kid from Cuba, and yeah. from Cuba they were able to get everything down. So she moved back 
to South Carolina, South Carolina, right? South Carolina. South Carolina. And she found her original, her firstborn there. And then she had another egg with her new husband. Mm. And she, and that's all rumors, though. Yeah, it's, it's like, not, it's, like, it's not written. There's no paperwork, but there's yeah. like, but like, there's like saying that, the, that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And she actually outlived all three of her husbands. She outlived the, the pirate snitch. She outlived Jalico, uh, Calico Jack because he ended up nine. And the new husband she married, she died like a few years after he died. So he out, she outlived everybody she so married. She's just a badass. She's yeah. bad, dude. Bad. She's badass. And like her she's pirate bad. and her pirate reign was only like two years. Yep. But she's one of the most famous pirates ever. Like ever. And that's one of the reasons why, they were, why the ship was going after them. Because not only were they racksacking all these fucking Navy ships and doing nine ships in a month. There were two girls doing it because the girls were the ones who were come, who were the ones doing it in command because they were kind of considered the quartermaster, which is the captain's secondhand man. Yeah. I'll give you another, someone even more badass than her. Oh, this is a Chinese pirate. His name is Xing Shi. What? The story of Xing Shi. <laughs> what? Is definitely a rags to riches type of story. Before you continue. What's up? Before you continue. What's up? Shang Chi actually comes out in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Ooh! Remember during the Council? Yeah. I gotta watch Pirates of the Caribbean. Dude, those again, movies man. are amazing. Dude, like if you Which go back and watch that? them, like there's some credibility I think to it's, that. I think it's the third one where yeah, it's the third one. Remember where you find out that Jack Jack's dad comes, where Jack's dad's still alive, and he's the dude from Aerosmith. I forgot his fucking name. The, the Jagger. <laughs> There you go, big. Is it Mick Jagger? I don't know. I don't know who it is. The the one with no, the that's Mick Jagger. The dude I forgot. Well, whatever. Crazy. There's a count. Yeah, uh, there's a council of pirates of grand pirates, like yeah. eight grandmaster pirates that decide what's what what the new thing is gonna do. What pirates do, and you find out that fucking Jack Sparrow is one of the eight Lord pirates, which is why he has all this good luck and doing all this shit. Because he, he's connected to, like, the mob bosses of all the pirates. Mm. And that's why he has a bracelet full of a bunch of, like, random shit. That's, like, yeah. his, like, key into the yeah, yeah. signature thing. And she's actually one of the pirates. She's, like, this older Asian lady. Yeah. And she's, like, these cute-ass dudes with her. And she's, like, a lord pirate. It's sick. Yeah. I suggest you guys go watch it. I've only watched, like, the first two movies, I think. The last one's pretty good. I, 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 I love the last one. Cause that, cause Didn't they shit on that one? Nah. I don't know. shit one of the movies. One of them they shit on, but it wasn't like I don't know. It was the last one. I like I the, last the last one, one. just because uh, what's his face? Um, you know the whole, you find out the whole backstory of of Jack Sparrow. You find out how he gets the Black Pearl. They talk about the Devil's Pyramid. It's just a bunch of dope. It's just full of lore, and it's just an amazing movie. But all right, actually, go on. So personally, <laughs> I think she was the ultimate form of badassery that puts a guy pirate to fucking shame. I think she was a true pirate leader. Because she was commanding a fleet of over 300 ships that manned about 20,000 pirates. Born in 1775 in the city of uh, Guangzhou, where she eventually became a well-known prostitute. Xing Shi, however, was not interested in the petty cash that she received from her clients. She was thinking further down the road. She wanted to use these guys to find out who they know and who had power. Doing so also brought her up the ranks of the brothel where she... Uh, worked for and eventually leading her to the pirates she would convince these fuckers and thus started her new occupation of being a captain to these pirate ships this didn't stop here however doing so eventually got her recognized by a famous pirate at the time uh chong the first they then married 
and further unifying their pirate fleet. Chang the First is kicking ass and taking names. Xing Shi was in charge of all the financial stuff, making sure that the pirate fleet was basically a well-oiled machine. They were the ultimate pirate couple. And well, until Chang the First passed away in 1807. However, this does not stop Xing Shi from taking charge as the head of the pirate corporation. Not only did she do that, but she kind of got in a romantic relationship with her adopted son, Chang Pao. <laughs> Besides the fact, however, people at the time feared Xing Shi and her red black fleet or red flag fleet. Of course they did. She ran a tight ship, literally. Yeah. Her pirate crew were all mercenaries. <clears throat> The Navy, including Great Britain's, and especially China's, couldn't even compare to the Red Flag Fleet. And despite what people would think about pirates, like we already mentioned, they're actually very democratic. That's how I got this question right. Xingxi's fleet, for example, all followed a very strict pirate code. And failure to do so was punishable by death. So here here was the the pirate code for Xingxi. Pirates are not allowed to give unsectioned orders or refuse orders to be killed instantly. Pirates are not allowed to steal from the public, the quote-unquote public fund, which included stolen goods, money, as well as uh, pillaging villages that actually supported the pirates. It's a big no-no. Okay. You get chopped. <clears throat> Captured goods or money or slaves were to be checked in and then you would be rewarded accordingly based off of the system they have going on. And then lastly, this was actually pretty cool. It was absolutely forbidden to rape or kill female captives. Pirates can marry the captives if they show proof that they will be faithful to them as well as the ability to support them. Okay. Yeah. With rules like these, it's no wonder why she had so many troops under the red flag fleet. 300 ships, bro. God damn. As Xing's fleet was growing, however, the emperor of China grew concerned. He wanted to destroy the red flag, but was deemed impossible at the time since China had no proper naval fleet. He didn't deem that it was important. needed or important. It's just like, eh, it's whatever. And so... The Red Flag was technically their their fleet, except they were going by their own rules. And so he assigned a new military combat commander, Bai Ling, to be in charge of drying out the Red Flag's supplies. Slowly but surely, actually worked. Commander Bai Ling really? brought in soldiers to train the village militias, as well as proceeded to receive foreign aid in supplies and firepower. Xing Shi's plan to take over China's peninsula was starting to become only a dream. Damn. So what did she do in the time of desperation? She did what she does best. She went in for a final pillage, threatening Commander Bai Ling and the government to settle for her by her terms. Imagine going up to the government and saying, look, you better listen to me. You listen to me now. True. She had that much freaking power. Fuck. But that was a time when she was at the tip of the end. Because there's some because of her, her her large fleet, the reason why it was so big is because she had other pirate organizations that were working for her, and so they unified like that. 
But then some of them went on their own thing and started joining the government. And so that's why they started losing power. But before she knew it was too late, she went for a final stroll. Her, her terms were, number one, letting go of all her pirate fleet scot-free. Any shit that they did, forgive them. Allow the pirates to keep their loot, and then also allowing Xing Shi to keep her vessels. At first, the government didn't want to budge, and so she did some more quote-unquote persuasion, more freaking pillaging, until they finally gave in to her demands. <laughs> Xing Shi eventually uh, went from being a pirate to running a gambling house with her husband slash quote-unquote adopted son. This, however, opened up a fault line in China's Navy. The Emperor still gave no shits about the Navy. And since technically the Red Flag Fleet was it, in 1829, the British Navy saw an opening and thus began the, the war, the Opium War, between Great Britain and China. China. Damn. So if you're listening to this episode... There's a good chance that you're a fan of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies or at least have seen one or two of them and know that Jack Sparrow lost Black Pearl as a punishment and was left to die of thirst and heat exhaustion on a desolated island. What if I told you that this was an actual real punishment executed by pirates? After all, they were a ship full of killers and criminals, for the most part. And although they were democratic as far as how the ship was run and how booty was divided, booty booty punishments made sure you paid a price for your betrayal and insubordination. I'm looking at you, bro. So, shoot. so here are seven common pirate punishments. Be called the Piltrain. <laughs> All right? <laughs> you fucking prick. Look, you fucking scourge of the seven seas. Ooh. That sounds brutal. That's a, I'll, 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 I'll take that. What the fuck's your name? What's your first name? What the fuck's your Patrick? No, it's Daddy's Grin. Daddy's Grin. It's Devil's Grin. Suck my Patrick Swayze over here. All right, so, so one of the first most common pirate punishments is flogging. Getting flogged with a rope's end was easily one of the most common forms of punishment for the little shit that went wrong on the ship. Like not doing your daily chores, forgetting your late night duty of keeping watch, etc., etc. So what they would do is either they'd get a rope, like a rope that's already loose or whatever, and it, it, yeah. it's already splintered. And these fucking ropes on the boat, thick they're as fuck. thick as fuck, dude. How many seas? How they many are seas? like five seas. They're like C's. they're like a foot, like it's like eight inches thick, dude. These fucking and imagine getting whipped by one, one that's wet. First of all. How many men do you think you need to freaking throw the, the whole ship? The, the whole crew. All the hardies. So that's called flogging. Grab yeah, a rope party. Then there's one called dunking. Ooh. Right? Just imagine salt water all over my face. Dunking. Okay. So dunking was both seen as a punishment and as a pirate tradition when crossing the equator. Right? What? So, <laughs> so a pirate was attached to a wooden beam and dunked into the water over and over and over again. So when you were being dunked during, your, during a ceremony, 
This was seen as an honor, and it was just a quick one, two, three. You just go in and out, and that's it. Yeah. You just tied you to a fucking beam, throw you in the water, and left you back up. That's it. Next, go. You know, that's celebration for crossing the equator. But if you were being dunked as a punishment, you were lowered from higher in the ship, so it hurts you more, and they let you in a lot deeper, and they bring, and they bring you up a lot slower. And they just do it over and over For and how long? over. That, that's it a, depends that's on a literal waterboarding. It's horrible. There's Then there's another punishment where they would get tied to the mast. So a lot of times a brutal punishment would be just being tied to the mast. And this could last from anywhere between a few hours, a few days. Every once in a while, a misbehaving pirate would be getting flogged. While being tied to the mast. Uh, and the reason why this would suck. Double whammy. Was because they usually do it during a storm. Not a storm. Like a heavy storm. But like where the water's kind of. So a wave or two. Of salt water might jump onto the ship. And hit you while you're getting whipped. Imagine salt in your fucking wounds. Ooh. Not only that. If that wasn't bad enough. The thirst that a pirate would get would be so brutal that some were known to have been yelling to be killed instead of having to suffer. Damn. While you're on the mask getting whipped and getting the sun beaming, they just be like, dude, just end it. Just send me to Davy Jones' locker. That's it. Another one is marooning, which we all kind of like I mentioned earlier, being marooned on an island meant you were most likely going to die. Unless you managed to make a makeshift boat with Iceland turtles and seaweed like our favorite pirate did, Jack Sparrow. So most pirate offenders were left to die without water and food on an uninhabitable island. Pirates were given a means to commit suicide, whether with a knife or a pistol, to put an end to the torture of marooning. So if you were a pirate of a ship and you did some horrible shit, they were going to maroon you, they'd give you a knife instead of a pistol. So if you wanted to kill yourself, you're gonna have to suffer first. Ooh. Then we have another one called keel hauling. So what keel hauling is, a rope was tied beneath the belly of the ship, and the offending pirate would be tied to the rope and hauled underwater. So you'd be underwater of the boat, being dragged underneath the fucking ship. So you were going to die. When you were getting keel hauled, you were going to die. The most fucked up part was the ship's hull. It was often covered in sharp barnacles that would cut like razors. And a lot of times what killed them was being eaten by sharks because you would bleed out a lot. And like, remember, a lot of sharks sometimes will follow ships or they'd be on trade routes. Well, a lot of times you just get eaten and chewed on while you were down there. Snack. Well, those are just some of the most commonly used. Now, here's a list of some barbaric accounts of other form of punishments in the hands of pirates. So, one account was the victims were laid down on a big wedge, tied at each end of tight ropes, lifted off the ground. So, four pirates holding wooden planks would strike down not the victim, but the ropes, because the vibrations would travel across the bodies provoking internal micro 
hemorrhages. These fuckers were insane. A more barbaric form of marooning was that before abandoning the victim on the island, the pirates would mutilate the victim's nose and ears. So you'd just have to be out there suffering with no nose and no ears. Another account was a prisoner was tied and lynched with bottle shards. Then insects were dropped into the wounds. And you know how we mentioned uh, ships that would would travel with the red flag, which, which means we're going to kill every single one of you? Yeah. A lot of times, here's, here's, here's how they would get rid of a whole ship. They would chain all the men aboard and burn down the ship while they're all alive. And most of the time, the captain would have his limbs cut off. So they would cut off his arms and legs and still kept alive and tied with his men while they're all tied and he would burn the ship as the ship went down while they're all still alive. Fuck. Here's another account. In 1695, Captain Sawbridge was captured by Edward Lowe when transporting Arabic horses. The captain protested and defended himself as much as he could, but when he wouldn't stop talking, the pirates stitched his lips together with string and sail needle. With his hands tied behind his back and his mouth closed, Sawbridge was pushed into the fire that reduced his ship and cargo to ashes. So they just threw him into a fire and he would just roll around and that burned his whole ship. Here's another one. In 1723, Edward Lowe made his prisoners run along a plank so that the ship crew could enjoy cutting them with knives. So you run into a plank and while you're running, the fucking the crew would just be stabbing you with knives. Step, step. Step, how? Step, step. It is said that one day he had cut the lips of a prisoner to have them cooked in front of him and cut off the ears of another to make him eat them dipped in salt. That's Edward Lowe for you. And he's the last. Hey, sometimes you get bored, man. Yeah. <laughs> These guys were getting bored. Forge of the Seven Seas, bro. So here's... Straight up. Here's... Tri- all right, so here's John David, a.k.a. Francois the Cruel. Oh, yeah. How? How? Francois the Cruel. Is that, is yeah. that, how, is that how every pirate? No, that's just this, this dude. He was like an English pirate. Francois. Francois. Arr, Francois. He was one of the cruelest of all pirates. Cruelest? After, cruelest. Oh, after shit. Edward the Lo- to be. He's fucking called What's Francois the Cruel. I'm, 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 surprised, I'm surprised as much What's as you that guys mean? are. That's a... He was yeah. so cruel that it was known that his prisoners preferred to commit suicide than being interrogated no. by him. Give me a knife. I want it now. You, you'd be like, why would you prefer suicide while being interrogated? Well, if you were being interrogated by him, he would cut off bits and pieces of your tongue, ear, Lips, cheeks. Every time he said something he wanted to hear, he'd cut something off of you. 
I don't know what he would do if you wouldn't say nothing. I guess he would just end you. I have no idea. But if you would talk, you would get little pieces snipped off of you. And there's this one time he cut off and tore to pieces the tongue of somebody who finished confessing under torture. And then he grabbed that tongue. And he cut out his heart and gave it to another prisoner who was up next and being interrogated to eat. All right, dude, this dude snitched. Eat his heart, eat his tongue, and you're next. Then what's the point? I have no idea. Then what's the, he literally confessed and told him everything. He's like, oh. Well, Bro. Here's your heart. Francois the Cruel. Francois the Cruel. Well, we can't talk about pirates without mentioning the name, the legend. It's known as Blackbeard. Perhaps the most notorious of sea robbers of them all. Blackbeard and his pirates lingered shipping lanes of North America and throughout the Caribbean in an era known as the Golden Age of Piracy. Now, despite him being a fucking legend, his true identity which I think it's common, his early youth and even, well, not really, because Anne and that was the actual name and all that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, for this guy, Blackbeard, his identity was uncertain. They say his name, technically his name, usually given, uh, had some variation of either Edward Thatch or Teach. Thought. <laughs> Edward Thought. Wait, so no one knows who Blackbeard really was Is before? It's pronounced thought. No, he's just being a dick. Oh, I was like, I was like, I never fucking thought. The pirate thought. He's a thought. He's a thoughty. He's a sea thought. <laughs> Hold on. So for real, so no one knows who what his identity was before Blackbeard. No. So it's just like they, one day. It, it, just one day, he's just like Edward. Some oh, shit. Yeah. So they say it's it's Edward it, Thatch or Teach. And, and that's actually a name in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Edward Thatch. I don't, I don't yeah. know who he is though. So uh, Blackbeard was set to be a a privateer. If you guys don't know what a privateer is, it's literally um, a pirate that's hired by the government. Hired by the government to plunder and hunt other actual pirates. He's a pirate hunter. He's a pirate hunter. Yeah. And he was a privateer during the Queen Anne's War, which started in 1701 and ended in 1714. And went on. Well, this is actually the phrase. And went on account, which means... It's the starting point of him becoming, or the, uh, an individual becoming a pirate. So you can so see. So someone said, blah, 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 went on the account, or went account means he was. This is where he started. That's where he's starting to become a pirate. The conversion of a pirate. And I don't know if you're going to mention it. I mean, it has nothing to do with Blackbeard. But when you, when you speak of pirates, two of the terms that actually come out a lot was, which one did you just say right now? What he was? Privateer. A privateer, and then a buccaneer. The difference, you mentioned Buccaneer. No, 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 I mean, I know what it is, but. Oh, so a privateer is someone who was of government who was hired to hunt a pirate. Uh A buccaneer is someone that the government hires to do a job for them as a pirate. So there's a difference between a buccaneer and a privateer. Privateer is kind of a government official, and the buccaneer is kind of like a hush-hush, like, he hi- like the government hired you, but they didn't like go. Man. Yeah, basically, kind of like a like Suicide Squad. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, kind of like that. Where they will hire pirates to do jobs for them. Yeah, that's a buccaneer. 
No, I'm sorry. Go on. I just wanted to give that distinction. The more I know. <laughs> the more I know. So, yeah, he went on their account sometime after the war's conclusion. Now, in 1717, Blackbeard became well-renowned after capturing the French slave ship La, La Concorde, which became a vessel he would keep as his flagship and rename as Queen Anne's Revenge. Revenge. Brutal. I like it. Now, through 1717 and 1718, Blackbeard and his crew cruised through the Caribbean, taking prizes and adding to his fleet. Blackbeard plundered ships near St. Vincent, St. Lucia, Nevis, and Antigua. Blackbeard turning north, they arrived off of Charleston, South Carolina. Now, this dude blockaded the shit out of the port of Charleston for nearly a week. You had more details, or you were gonna mention something, Moses, in detail, or no. or were you gonna? No, I forgot. I was just gonna mention one of the reasons. I mean, he blockaded the city, and one of his, one of his, like requirements, like I'll stop blocking, is if you give me a shit ton of medicine for me to take back onto my ship. He gave him a bunch of shit to give. I need this, 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 and one of the things he wanted was medicine. Give me a butt fuck of medicine for me to take onto my ship. That's when I was earlier when I was talking about how one of the things when people would, when pirates would go and steal shit, one of the things would be medicine. Because, like I said, CVS's, you're not going to find them out in the Caribbean no like to that. Be around. And that's one of the things that Blackbeard was fucking famous. This dude blocked the whole fucking city. I said, give me medicine. Let me get some Tums, bitch. All this fucking alcohol is ruining, ruining me. Give me some sweat all. <sighs> so, like I said, Blackbeard and his crew will block the port of Charleston for nearly a week. They would see ships who attempted to enter or leave the port in which they captured and held hostages. Um, the ransom, Moses just mentioned. No, fuck's your name? Patrick. Fucking wow. trash ass Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, right? That's your first what name? What's my name? Patrick. What's your name? Your basic ass scallywag, bilge rat. <laughs> the devil's the devil's grin, you fuck. That's part of the title. Oh yeah, you Patrick. You're Patrick. Patrick, bro. Patrick Devil's Grin Veal, but I wrote it down so it looks like it says Patrick Devil's Vin Diesel. <laughs> Vin Diesel. <laughs> and I'm gonna go with that one. I'm gonna go with Devil's Vin Diesel. So his ransom for the hostages, uh, Blackbeard demanded chests, lots of chests, lots of booty, filled with medicine which he got after he received his ransom of what he demanded he then released all the captives and continued the journey after leaving charleston they attempted to enter old top cell in it in north carolina at this point blackbeard grounded the queen anne's revenge and sloop adventure on the ocean bar and and were abandoned. So he anchored all his ships, many ships, and then uh, he just abandoned them. Now, what? the reasons, yeah, the reason for it, it is said that this was done to break up the company that had over 300 pirates. Blackbeard marooned some pirates and left Bill Fort with a hand picked crew and most of the valuable plunder. 
So there's no actual reason why he wanted to break up uh, his uh, his company, his his crew. Reign of Terror. He reached his high. So he did what this fucker name is entitled. He he ran off with the loot and part of his crew, handpicked crew. Now six months later, an armed contingent set by Virginia Governor Alexander Spotswood ended Blackbeard's career as a pirate. The battle spilled. Blackbeard and a number of his fellow pirates were killed. Now, Royal Navy Lieutenant Robert Maynard returned to Virginia with surviving pirates of the crew and the severed head of Blackbeard, oh. which hung from the sloops of the bowl sprit. The bolt sprit is that long stick. stick. I, mean, I don't say stick. Is it spraff or spoof? I think that's the actual term. So the edge of the the big boat spike was fucking the out. Titanic, the one where they did that shit. Yeah, yeah, they extend out of the ship. They put a fucking head there. His head would just hang from that location. That's the lady figurine that, that I was talking about. And that is the story of Blackbeard. Did you hear that Blackbeard was freaking showman? Like the motherfucker would get, apparently he would get like wicks, like the sh- the shit that you have in fireworks. Put it, wrap it around his, his freaking ears. Yeah. So it looks like there's like smoke coming out. Did you also know? Yeah, the, that was to uh, intimidate. <laughs> to look intimidating. Yeah, intimidating. And did you also know that pirates, they were really good at play acting? Freaking Shakespearean as butt. Well, because there was nothing else to do on board. So they would tell they would tell stories and do it. And the way they would do it right, you, is they would me. fucking act out everything. So sometimes dudes would like, they'll be like, the favorite pirate who everyone loved to tell stories because he would take like two to three weeks to write it and he'll be like, hey, you're going to be this part and you're going to come in. Everyone's like all excited because like, oh shit, I get to be, you we know what I mean? play. Yeah, and then it's like a fucking, everyone practices, but everyone practices on their own and then when he tells a story, everyone starts coming in and they do it like, so it's a whole elaborate thing. Yeah, and, and uh, storytelling was, uh, it was a skill. Yeah. And there was actually, and believe it or not, there was actually so many fucking songs that pirates sang they sang for fucking everything. These were called shanties. Mm, fun facts. Over here. Sea shanties. Sea, sea shanties. shanties. And there's a, and uh, there's a website that um, I, that that's all they have. It's just full of fucking pirate, but it's the, like they don't let anyone but like you have to buy the songs. Uh-uh. But like if you buy it, you can't use it for like your own purposes. It's just like for you to keep like. I was like, I'm not gonna just spend, so you have a pirate. Song. I'm not gonna spend twenty dollars for a pirate song. I'm not gonna fucking listen to. It. I thought I was gonna use Why it. Why not? You sh- should have bought it. I can use it for us. Oh, for uh, I'll just play it. You can play it. You can play it on the website. Now I want you to sing it. Patrick, the fucking bilge rat. Ooh. Now, the ghost ships that I'm talking about are basically just vessels that are unmanned, that are floating on the sea. And so, it's going to be a combination of ghost ships that are legends. As well as legit ghost ships. For example, one of the famous legit ghost ships is the SV Mary Celeste. SV stands for Sailing Vessel. Sailing Vessel. On December 5th of 1872, while sailing through the rough weather, British brig De Gratia sighted a seemingly abandoned ship drifting through the Atlantic near the Azores Islands about 1,000 miles west of Portugal. When the crew of the De Grati boarded uh, the Mary Celeste, they found 
everything to be in perfect order with even the crew's clothes neatly packed away. But yet no people were found. Wait, wait. So everything was just neatly packed away. Everything it, was in order. Clean. It's like people are ready to freaking board the ship. But there was no one there. The only clues about the lack of people were a disassembled pump in the hold and as well as a missing lifeboat. So what the fuck happened anyway? Well, on November 7th of 1872, Captain Benjamin Briggs and the crew of Mary Celeste, which is a merchant ship, was carrying denatured alcohol. And they left from the New York Harbor on their way to Genoa, Italy. Along with Captain Briggs, it was his wife, his daughter, and then seven crew members that he selected himself. Now, the real question is, why was it abandoned? There were six months of food and water on board along with all the belongings. Some believe that the crew had drunk the alcohol and committed mutiny. But there was no sign of any violence that happened on board. Some said that the ship must have been raided by pirates. But, but then no valuables were missing. Especially food. And Arthur Conan Doyle's short story on the subject detailed an ex-slave capturing the ship. But where did he and everyone else go? Another one even proposed sea monsters. Mm. Yet for all these theories, none of the evidence ever matched. It's perhaps the most plausible theory was that the vapors from the alcohol had blown the hatch cover off. And then fearing a fire, the crew abandoned ship but the hatch cover was securely fastened. Still, it's one of the most famous ghost ship stories. So, till this day. Till this day. No one knows. No one's been found of that no ship? No one's been found. Just a ship and their belongings. The next one is the MV Hoyita. MV stands for motor vessel. The MV Hoyita was built as a private yacht in Los Angeles in 1931. She was 69 feet long with a 17-foot beam. She was named after the actress Jewel Carmenel, and Hoita is Spanish for Little Jewel. She was sold in 1936 to another private owner who had made freaking trips up and down the coast between L.A. and Mexico. On October 6, however, it was reported overdue. There was not much concern and there was no distress signal that was reported in that area. However... A search and rescue mission was started, which lasted up until the 12th of October. The search lap covered about 100,000 square miles of ocean. Still no sign of the Hoita and her passengers or crew that were found. So then the search was called off. But then on November the 10th, the merchant ship Tuvalu sighted the Hoita, and she was more than 600 miles west from their scheduled Route. Oh, fuck, that's a lot. She was drifting without a trace of any of the passengers or crew. And four tons of the cargo of medical supplies were also missing. The ship's boat and three life rafts were missing, along with the logbook and obviously the crew. There was damage, however, in the, in the structure with her flying bridge smashed away and the windows of her deck house broken. There's also a tarp that was rigged behind the bridge to act as a shelter. Barnacle growth above the normal water line on the side of port suggested that the list has been on 
the ship for a while. She was told to port, an inquest was performed. She was determined to be in a poor state of repair. However, the fate of the passengers on board was to determined to be, quote-unquote, inexplicable on the evidence submitted by inquiry. What the weird part is that it was extremely buoyant despite the damage of the ship. Some theories Pir- might be that pirates, pirates is one of the mutiny possibly happened. And because it was a time of World War Two, they're saying that the oh, Japanese that's true. did it. Because that happened in what, 1936? That's yeah. when it happened, right? Yeah. And then, lastly, it's the weirdest one, but can be possible, I guess, insurance fraud. Try to dump all that stuff so that way that you get some insurance money back for it. Oh. Elaborate, please. But again, no one know. That way I could do insurance fraud on my boat. There you go. Oh, so you got a boat. Well, you got to ruin shit, bro. Actually, come on. I'm going to get a boat one. with this podcast ad money. Number three. <laughs> the SS... Bechimo. What'd you call me? The fuck you say? Bechimo. What? Bechimo? Bechimo. What's your new pirate name? Bechimo? Bitch. <laughs> fuck out of here. Chops. So what? Freaking scorch. Fuck's name again? Fucking Dubloon Devil. <laughs> Dubloon? Freaking Dubloon. I'm calling you fucking dummy. That's what I'm going to call you. Dummy. Bitch. Fuck out of here. Chops. Bitch ass Sydney. Go on. Yeah. It was built in 19... 19- <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, I apologize. I'm a scourge of the seven seas. Piece of shit. Yeah, you a bitch of the seven seas. You the bitch of the seven seas. Built in 1914 in Sweden, the SS Bechim was used for trading routes between Hamburg and Sweden. After World War I, the ship's ownership was transferred to the Hudson Bay's company. The ship made numerous sailings for Hudson, mostly carrying cargo to and from the Arctic region. But then, on October 1st of 1931, the Bechimo was on a, a routine voyage and filled recently acquired furs. An unsuspected storm blew in, and trapping the ship in a sea filled with ice. The closest city from there was uh, Barrow, Alaska, the northernmost city in, in the United States. Too far to get in the blowing snow and the high winds. Captain and the crew had to stay inside the trapped ship where they hoped that, that they would wait the storm out and make it through. By October 15, the ship remained locked in the ice, and so the 15 of the crew were actually airlifted to safety while the captain and the 14 other crew members made a temporary camp in the ice near the stranded ship. However, the blizzard was so fucking intense that this quote-unquote temporary camp went out for weeks. Oh shit! And then on November the twenty fourth, the snow was so heavy that they can no longer see the Bechimo because they set up camp aside the ship. The following morning, their worst fears came true: the ship completely vanished. No doubt, they believe that it has sunk, preceding the blizzard. The remaining crew eventually went their way back to civilization. However, less than a week later, a hunter told the captain that the Bechimo could not have sunk because they actually saw it floating in the icy waters almost 50 miles from the location where it was abandoned. What? 
And you fuck, you could just do that out with a boat. You just let it drift off somewhere and be like, it's gone. Who what the fuck are you gonna do? You gonna go out and look for it? Just risk your life to look for a boat that's not gonna work anymore. Fuck that. And they did, they did find the Beijing. Oh, so th- right, so don't do that. The ship looked to have sustained significant damage, however, and so the captain feared that it wouldn't be seaworthy for much longer. Soon break apart and sink. So the crew gathered the cargo first and everything and airlifted out of the area. The next one, however, is definitely way more intense. <laughs> what? This is, I think, my favorite one. It's called the SS Orang Midan. Orangutan? That's what I think. According to the widely circulated reports on June of 1947, or according to alternate accounts, possibly February of 1948, Multiple ships traversing the, the trade routes of the Straits of uh, Malacca, which is located between the sun-drenched shores of Sumatra and Malaysia, claim to have picked up a series of SOS distress signals. There's a message that was sent out via Morse code, and it, apparently there's two different signals. And it sounded kind of confusing, because this is what they got from it. All officers, including captain, are dead. Lying in the chart room and the bridge, possibly whole crew dead. And then the communication was followed by a burst of incomprehensible Morse code, where finally the last grim message was, I die. And after this, it was quiet. No more. No more signals. The chilling distress call was picked up by two American ships as well as a British and Dutch. Uh, listening posts. Oh, the man manning, the, manning these posts managed to triangulate the source of these broadcasts and deduce that they were mo- most likely emanating from a Dutch freighter known as the SS Orang Midan, which was navigating the Straits of Malacca. The merchant ship, American merchant ship called the Silver Star, was actually the closest to the presumed location. The thing about it, the Silver Star was originally christened the Santa Cecilia by Grace Line. And the vessel has been renamed the Silver Star when the United States Maritime Commission drafted it in 1946. Noting its urgency of the message, the crew of the Silver Star wasted no time in changing course to assist the ship. Within hours, the Silver Star actually caught sight of the Orang Medan, and it was rising and falling in the choppy waters of the Malacca Strait. As a merchant craft neared this ill-omened vessel, the crew noticed that there was no sign of life on deck. The Americans did, attempted to call them out, but no answer. And that's when the captain of Silver Star decided to assemble a party. And they got close. They noticed that something was off. As soon as they boarded the Rang Madan, the men swiftly realized that the distress calls were not an exaggeration at all. The deck's vessel was littered with the corpses of the Dutch crew. Oh, shit. shit. They're actually fucking... Alright. Nice. Their eyes were wide open, their arms grasping at unseen asylums, their faces twisted into revolting gestures of agony and horror. So that's how they died? Like, they were reaching out for something? Like, like they were frozen? And- yeah. Oh, what the fuck? Like they're trying to escape from something. 
Even the ship's dog was dead. What the fuck? What the fuck the dog do? It's once imitating, almost as if they look frozen. The boarding party found actually the captain's remains on the bridge, while his officers' could, cadavers were strewn about the wheelhouse and the chart room. The communications officer was still at his post, and obviously dead as a rest. His fingertips were still resting on the telegraph. All the corpses, according to the report, bore the same terrified, wide-eyed expression as the rest of the crew members on deck. What the fuck? Even below the deck, in the boiler room, the same faces were seen on the bodies of the crew members there. Holy shit. But they felt an extreme chill. Reason why is because even though they looked like they froze to death, it's weird that they looked that way, especially because the boiler room was a scorching 110 degrees. Oh, fuck. While the search team could see that there is clear evidence that the, cr- that the crew of the Orang Medan suffered profoundly at the moments of their death, they couldn't find evidence as to how they died the way that they did. Nor could they see any damage to the ship itself. So then, they decided what any shipmate would do. The captain of Silver Star decided that, you know what? Let's hitch this freaking ship, take it ashore, and let's see what they could find. Because we don't fucking know shit. But as soon as that started happening, one of the ship's boiling rooms is catching on fire. So the Silver Star shipmates start reaching over back to their ship and then let loose of the board that was connecting both of the boats. Soon after, the Rang Medan exploded with such tremendous force that they quote-unquote lifted herself from the water and then swiftly sank. Holy shit. The captain and his crew watched the Dutch vessel disappear to depths very much so believe that it has taken toll down to Davy Jones Davy Jones locker now no one knows if this is actually true or not reason why is because when people started learning more about this there were there wasn't any i guess license or anything of that of that nature that finds the name of this exact ship except for possibly they, they theorize that there was a CIA report that was recently published apparently that actually specifically has the name of the Rang Medan. Oh. There's speculation that this ship, whatever it carried, whatever killed the shipmates was actually a chemical that was going to be used the very famous Unit 731, Japanese... Internment camp. Internment camp. Pain. Fuck. If you want to hear more about seven, Unit 731, we have an episode on that. 
Yeah, we have an episode where where we have it's uh, mad science and mad scientists. Um, there's a you just do so much shit at me. So the boat, no one knows if this shit's true or not. Like, there's no proofs of it, right? Until yeah. uh, unless it's that CIA report. Yep. What kind of fucking chemical could have frozen them? Beats me. Aliens. That's it's another aliens. theory too. It's aliens. They're saying that it was aliens. Those aliens. Yeah. God damn it. But what's interesting is the fact that, you know, as soon as they're like, all right, let's take it back. All of a sudden, the freaking boiler room exploded. Boom. Dude, the point that was fucking freaky is that everyone's dead. Everyone's reaching out, doing, you know, their own fucking, you know, their own fucking frozen Mr. Mime. Yeah. Straight shit, all dead. But the Morris Code dude, his hands were, his fingertips were still touching the fucking, yeah. that little pedal thing. Yep. What the, f- so he, and, and, the, just- and the fact that he typed in, <laughs> I die. Yeah. <laughs> Like I he's like Ed, I die. Do you think it's one of those things where like he knew he was gonna die, so he typed in "I die," or like he types it as he was dying, and he's just like I, and like his last like movements is D I E, I D E D, pretty sure dead, just D E D M E. for him to like last that long, to know that the rest of the crew is dead, the captain is dead, to be able to type all that shit, like wherever that was. But he would have mentioned something, quick. right? Huh? Like, let's see if it was aliens. Yeah. He wouldn't. Unless, uh, unless he didn't know it was aliens. Pro- yeah. Unless they hid that message. Unless they didn't release that. Yeah, that. Alien. Oh, I like this conspiracy that you go. Oh, I like this rabbit God. hole you're going down. See, nah, I mean, see, I'm just saying. Cause it, that's why they were hiding the evidence of the ship. It's not until right. the CIA report, right? Yeah. Some bullshit. Just, yeah. I mean, hmm. Here's another one that, that's actually pretty freaky, but this wasn't a boat with a bunch of crew members. It's literally just one person. Boats and hose? It's the boat <laughs> called Yajo. What? what? By uh, Jaeger? Jaegermeister, yeah. Uh, Yajo. And it was manned by a person by the name of Manfred Fritz Bajura. And so, basically, it's a German explorer... That was found inside his ruined yacht near the Philippines. Two fishermen actually spotted the damaged vessel uh, that they had named Sayo. as drifting by off the coast of Barobo in Sarigal del Sur. Butcher that whole stuff. I, th- there was not one syllable I understood in that whole thing. But go but on. Whole- and so the remains of this 59-year-old were found set by the radio telephone about 40 feet from the yacht. It is not known how long Bajarat has been dead or how he died or indeed if he was was about to call for help. But with first um, evidence, they found that prior to his death, he actually had a heart attack. And what's weird is that his body looked mummified. And they were saying that because of the salty air, salty sea, Mm-hmm. That that preserved his body to look in a mummified state. There's pictures of this guy. There's pictures of that guy. That's right. Uh-huh. I was like, I fucking, this sounds so fucking familiar. Yeah. You guys can go on Instagram, Weird History, your retail pod, to look at this picture, and much more. Yeah. And there's people theorizing that he was, he broke up with his wife, they had a divorce, and fucked him over, and so he just decided to just be at the sea for the rest of his life. He's <laughs> I'm just going to, fuck this. Dipping. Second to last one is the Octavius. 
1761, a sailing ship named the Octavius departed London uh, bound for China. Having safely arrived at a destination about a year later, she departed China in 1762 and headed towards the Arctic. This is where her last, her, the last of her crew was ever heard of again. It is assumed that she has been overtaken by the Arctic and was lost along the crew. Although it's more of a legend than a fact, the Octavius remains one of the most famous all-ghost ship stories. The tale of the doomed ship uh, picks back on October 11th of 1775. A whaling ship called the, the Herald stumbled across Octavius floating aimlessly on the coast of Greenland. When the ship answered no hails, the crew sent a boarding party. Much to the surprise, on Octavius, they discovered the bodies of the crew passengers all frozen solid below the decks, frozen solid as if they tried to escape from the cold. The crew even found the ship's captain still sitting at his desk. He was midway through finishing a log entry from November 11th of 1762. And again, they found the ship in 1775. Thirteen years later. In his cabin, there was also a dead woman, a dead boy covered with a blanket, and a dead sailor with a tinderbox. The boarding party took only the captain's logs before leaving the vessel because they were unwilling to search it. The ship with his crew and his cargo had been adrift for almost a decade and a half. According to the legend, it was eventually discovered in the log that the captain had gambled on making a quick return to England from the Orient via the Northwest Passage. The year had been extremely hot, however, upon reaching the Arctic, somewhere above Canada, the ship had become trapped in the ice. The crew lasted some time till the cold and dwindling provisions sealed their fate. Damn. The terrified crew of the, Her- of the Herald, freeing the curse and wanting nothing to do with the ship, left it abandoned, touching nothing. Neither the Octavius nor the ghostly crew were ever seen again. Damn. So the boarding party just went inside. They're like, yo, this is fucked up. Let's just take the captain's log and bounce. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So after that, like, they just left it. And then they're like, yeah. And then never seen again. Mm-hmm. Just drifted off. And then probably hit something and just sank. And I believe it's this ship. that They say that every so often, like 50 years or so. It just they, randomly it just appears. appears out of nowhere. And last but not least, by far the most famous ship is the Flying Dutchman. Why does that sound so familiar? Hmm. 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 Come on. Hmm. Coming from someone who doesn't watch Spongebob. Hmm. Hmm. What's hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean too? Not too. The legend of the Flying Dutchman goes back to the late 18th century where sailors allegedly saw a ghost ship that foretold imminent doom or disaster. Reports of the spectral ship persisted for the next 250 years despite there being no definite proof that the ghost ship actually exists. The first written accounts of the Flying Dutchman date back to the 1700s, although stories began to circulate near the Cape of God, Hope. Ships used this common route to go to Europe, to Asia, and one ship in particular didn't fare so well on the journey. Captain Hendrik van der Decken, a.k.a. the Dutchman, departed Amsterdam, Amsterdam for the Far East Indies and loaded the ship with spices, silks, dyes to sell back to the Netherlands. 
after making some repairs to his vessel, van der Decken set about a return course to Amsterdam in 1641. When his ship rounded to the Cape of God Hope, a storm suddenly came upon the interpret crew. They begged their captain to reverse the course, but he ordered them to keep going onto the gale. Some believe that Vanderdecken was mad, while others said that he was drunk. As he refused to turn the ship around, the vessel sank to the bottom of the ocean, and from this came the story of the Flying Dutchman. Dutchman. And those are seven of the most famous ghost ship tales. And that is our fucking pirates episode. I hope you guys learned as much as we fucking did. Because there was a lot that I thought I knew about pirates. I'm like, oh shit. It's nothing like I thought it was. I I think the one that mind fucked me the most was a whole treasure thing. Yeah, me too. Like, cause like you see that everywhere about finding buried treasure. Yeah, but then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, why, why would I want to bury my paycheck? Like, I'm trying to get paid today. Like, don't True. bury my shit. Like, for what? Like, you go through all that trouble stealing all that booty, just so that way someone else can enjoy it. Makes and, no sense. And also, I mean, unless like you want to have some hidden stash. So that way, in case they catch you, you know, and then you you get free, you go back to that. I see that. I see that. Right. Actually, that makes sense. Pirates ain't thinking that far ahead, bro. They're thinking about what they're gonna do tomorrow. Like, what is stock gonna look like in the next twenty yeah, years? They're thinking about who knows? <laughs> who knows? They ain't burying their four hundred one k plan. <laughs> thinking about inflation. Let's see. Hmm. But that is what they fucking think is hidden underneath that uh, that Oak Island. I think that's what it's called. That one show on the History Channel. Where it's like some island and a bunch of... Sh- I, I, I think it's called Dead Oak, Three Oak, I forgot. But they're, they're, it's rumored that it's fucking pirate treasure buried down there. And it's a whole TV show. They're like on the fifth season. And they keep digging down. And as they keep digging down, they keep finding a bunch of weird shit. And they're getting to the point where like they already found like Templar crosses somewhere down there. Everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? Like they're getting to the point where like they're so far down inside of this hole where they're digging. That there's no way for them to get up if they keep digging down because the way everything's structured is going to cave in. But they're going in the right direction because they're finding a bunch of shit that's rumored in the treasure map. So it's just a, it's a huge mindfuck. I think it's called Dead Oak. I, I forgot what the fuck it's called. But it's on the History Channel. Check it out. But also, this is our, by far, our longest episode ever. So, oh. give, so give yourselves a hand. How long is this episode? At least, at least two hours. Oh, shit. Minimum two hours. At least two hours. So congratulations, Achi, with your rock star. That rock star put in work. Two of them. I got two of them fuckers. You're an animal. Not even me. So with that said, thank you guys. Do you guys have anything else to add before we fucking end this episode? Because it's late as shit. I'm feeling like a bilge rat right now. (laughs) Fucking disgusting. Thank you guys. And as always, from your favorite pirate, Patrick Devil's Reveal. We are the weird history. <laughs> no one's gonna remember that shit. <laughs> no fucking build rat. Here we tell podcast. Ass.